It's everything Queensland footy. Good bold football from the Brisbane Lions. That's Ooh, a big one for the Suns. Let's Sons. go. Northern Exposure. Oh, it didn't happen in 2019. It didn't happen in 2020. Not 21 or 22, but finally. Welcome. We can finally say the words, Jack. Welcome to Grand Final Exposure. It's happened. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that mob as well. It's been a wonderful weekend. It for is a... pissing premierships <laughs> here. <laughs> it's sensational. This is the best week ever. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. We got through Super Saturday. It was poised really poorly to start with, and we'll get there. But the fact of the matter is the weekend is kicked off like this. It's just gone like this. The Lions into a grand final. Oh, delicious. The Broncos into a grand final. More delicious. The roar into the Australia Cup final. I love the way they've tacked themselves onto this weekend, <laughs> but you know what? Good on them for trying. The Gold Coast Suns won the VFL Grand Final. Lockie Neal's a two-time Brownlow medalist. It doesn't get any better than this. Sorry, can you cue the DJ Khaled? Oh, we do is yeah, win. I think we do. I think we're in there somewhere. I'll delete it. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. We're up, we're up and about, my friend. We're up and about. Whatever this button plays, we'll play it. No, it was Meatloaf. That's Meatloaf. <laughs> you know what? It doesn't matter. It's Grand Final Week. You too, Meatloaf. You too, Meatloaf, yeah. Uh, Oh, Jack, as I try and get rid of the loaf, this was... I've just... It feels like the culmination of a a long and arduous journey. We started doing this podcast in 2020, and granted, the Lions were already on the up at that stage. They they, they they, were. They'd returned to finals football, but even the journey across the last, was it, what, four years of doing this podcast? Since 2020, yep. It has been... Yeah, there, there's been a lot of moments where we've doubted whether this Lions team would reach their full potential. And, you know, we, we've been burnt. No, we, we have. We've been hurt before. So it, it's why, you know, Saturday, uh, their comeback from being down by 30 points at quarter time, it felt like we were going to get burnt again. And it, it did. It really felt like history repeating. And I had I had this feeling. So you, you were there at the game and we'll unpack, we'll unpack that. I was working at the Broncos at the time. I was going through rehearsals for the prelim final pregame show, and I've got my little, I've got my phone there on KO. I'm just, just looking away, and I am, I was visibly shaking mm. because I could not believe, but I also could believe what was happening. Yep. I started to get really angry at the AFL yep. for allowing so many Carlton fans to get tickets to the game. Yeah. I, All right, let's address that. Let, let's address that with. first. Let's just start there because I was like, and I don't know, if this was a moment of just sheer nuffydom. But I was angry. I was yep. really angry that I felt like the home ground advantage mm-hmm. had been taken away. Props to the Carlton fans. Well done. That's the market. That's how they did it. They flew. They stopped in at Sydney. They made their yep. way to the game. But the fact that, and you and I were there for the Brisbane-Richmond game a couple of years ago, mm. and it, somehow they just couldn't make it feel like a home final. But Carlton turned up. But that that made me pissed off. And I, am I right in feeling that? Is, it, is there something, you know, I, is something factual I can point to to go, okay, so Carl- that shouldn't have happened. Carlton had over a third of the stadium allocated to them. So they had a 14,000 seat uh, allocation. Okay, so that's, cl- that's club membership a, essentially. Yeah, club membership. Okay. In a stadium that holds 36,000 people, well, the attendance on Saturday night was 36,022. Okay. That's, okay, so you take 14,000 out of that. You give the Lions members, you know, another 14,000, there's 28. And then you're left with 8,000, probably 5,000 of those is in the GABA members, mm-hmm. which, you know, would say would be a probably 70-30 line split. And then you have your corporate tickets. So pretty much like in reality, half the ground is Carlton fans. And that's like, 
It's too much. What's the point of having a home final if half the stadium is going to be filled with the other mob? Like, could you imagine like a Champions League semi-final, um, you know, where Manchester United's playing se- Barcelona se- second league. and half of Old Trafford is filled with Barcelona that fans? That doesn't make sense. You have it an away end. Yep, yep, you have an away end. Yes, you give them a ticket allocation. Yes, you let four or 5,000 max be there. But to have almost half the bloody stadium as Carlton fans is ridiculous. Um, and, and it really just seems like a VFL hatchet job. I, and that's, a, um, that's the thing. I really, I didn't want to believe that narrative. Came into the week going, you know what, this is really funny and this will piss off the Victorians, but I think it's for the first time, and I understand they're the bigger market. I get that. Yep. But in that moment, I was like, this is wrong. This is wrong. You should have given them the small allocation. And then we move Then we move to the commentary, which, again, oh. I didn't – I never want to say it. You and, yeah. I, you and I have both been commentators. You yeah. call the game as you see it. And, yeah, you know what? You do barrack for a little narrative throughout the game to keep broader interest. Yeah, he probably won't be doing the grand final. Uh, but if he is, Luke Darcy should be sacked from it. That Like – and along with some other members of that commentary team, to be honest, Daisy Pierce was the the only one that didn't really have a clear bias. Now I went back and watched that replay on Sunday. I've watched it with two calls. And you know, during the second and third quarters, when the Lions really got on top, and Carlton were struggling to get anywhere near the footy, like no, they were close. The, apart from the scoreboard, they were getting blown away. They were. Um, and it was oh, Carlton are so brave. How how good a Carlton been? And it's like. Mate, they're five goals down. <laughs> they haven't got their hands on the footy for two quarters. What are you looking at? They didn't kick a goal for nearly a half yeah. a footy. Um, Couldn't take a mark inside forward 50, but gee, they're brave. And that and that just speaks to the big divide and the, the fishbowl that a lot of these, well, pretty much all the Melbourne media personalities live in. They live in that Melbourne fishbowl. In Victorian media, you hardly hear anything about the lines. Even this week. Um, you know, like, it's been, and, and I've listened to a lot of podcasts. Mm. I've listened to a lot of radio shows from down south. It is a Collingwood focus. Oh, of course it is. Of course it is. And, and I get it. They are a massive, mm. you know, massive supporter group. Yep. They're a Victorian team. That's where the saturation is. And part of me doesn't mind that as well. Like, let mm. them let them go overkill at this. This is great. And sure, like they're they're the story here. They're the story. Yeah. But at the same time, we just go. You know, I I, I never wanted to mm. admit it. I never wanted to cry foul. But I. I all the evidence is now there before us. Like it, it is the VFL. It is. They'll they'll, they'll take and the Queensland participation. They'll take the Queensland eyeballs. But at the end of the day, it's the VFL. Yep. And and, that- and and in a similar way that the NRL will always be headquartered and based around the state of in the city of Sydney. The AFL is a Melbourne league that has branches in the rest of the country. That checks out. Um. And Melbourne is always going to be headquarters for the game. Yeah. And I guess we have to make the, our peace with that. But the one thing that I will say I was so proud of is that the Carlton fans, they made a lot of noise early Oh, they on. did. And they were intimidating. And rocking up and seeing Joe Danaher and Eric Hipwood while they're doing their pre-match you know, goal-kicking routines, getting booed every time they missed by the Carlton fans. Like... I'm not going to lie, that rattled me as a supporter. Oh, no, no, no. They, they turned up. It's, it's, it's like, remember, remember that day you and I went to watch the um, Australia-France game at um, the Pig and Whistle? Mm. And, you know, Aussie Anthem goes off and we're, you know, oh, yeah, how good is this? And then the French fans oh, turned man. up this level, level of passion that made us step back and go, 
Osh, we're, we're not real fans. Oh, my God, we're not real yeah. fans. And that's what the Carlton supporters definitely were doing. They For that first quarter, they showed what a footy fanatic mm. looks like. And then in the second, third, and fourth quarters, they showed what absolute downhill skiers they are because I did not hear <laughs> a bar from them, especially in the second and third quarters. They were, you know, silent as the grave. While the Lions fans, they, they were issued a challenge. And, yep, granted, it took them a quarter, but they got vocal and the team resonated with that like the whole gabba was ambushed the lines were ambushed early on but and, and if, i think everyone's good enough to admit that mm. everyone's like yeah and no the players said it the fags said it yeah we got punched in the face like carlton came out with that energy that's mm. essentially got them to the to that prelim final that's that's the ferocity that they attacked the footy with when they were able to knock off teams like collingwood and melbourne you go mm. yeah you know, they are they are a good football side and everything stuck. When, when Harry Mackay turned around and kicked the first one, I go, oh, no, it's exa- exactly what we didn't want when, to happen. When Mackay and Kerno kicked goals in that first quarter, I'm going, uh-oh, because like, they both oh, took big man, marks. When Cottrell's kicking goals, then I'm really worried. But yeah, speaking of downhill skis. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but they were they were tremendous, the Lions, to get back into it. And you knew as soon as Eric Hipwood kicked that goal in the first quarter. It was so needed. They were going to be all right. And had... Hip would not kick that goal and they'd gone into quarter time goalers. I reckon there would have been a lot of panic, but they went into quarter time, you know, 23 points down. The lead, It was manageable. Yep. And they addressed a few things, but there was, there was no panic. There was no panic from Chris Fagan. You know, uh, most of us expected to see him sort of getting animated because it was, a, let's call it what it was. It was a terrible start. It was a horrible start. And they got, they got out hunted around the footy. Uh, they just look like they gave them space, they gave space on the outside. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and maybe some of that might have been the the pregame narrative that Carlton might have been a, a beaten side already and mm. were were battered and bruised. Um, Carlton definitely fired their best shot, but the composure of the Lions to not let it rattle them, you know, get back to their game plan, get back to their structures and what works well, um, served them really well because we've seen in years gone by. You know, the prime example of that is the preliminary final last year against the Cats where they got jumped early and they panicked. They did. They tried to overuse the ball. Um, played right into Geelong's hands. Played right into Geelong's hands and it ended up being a bloodbath. Um, they steadied themselves and they got the job done and it was a fair, it was pretty comprehensive in the end. Well, I know the, the margin says 16 points, but a few cheap ones for Carlton later on. Oh, um, no, the, the queue was back in the rack by the end of the game. The game had mm. been won, but you look at... There's so many moments throughout the game, and even that first quarter, and first of all, you touched on Eric Hipwood. Mm. You don't often see a clutch goal in the first quarter of a game. Yeah. And you now we've spoken for years about Eric Hipwood's confidence as a player. Mm. And I rode that I rode that kick from Suncorp Stadium all the way through to the city end. For him to nail that. Yep. Oh, that gave belief. Because I remember going to I remember going to quarter time thinking, okay, look, I know. I know I've got my phones going off, people going, people who are sort of uh, Closely following, do they normally start slow? I'm like, look, the system will kick into play, but we just got to go just two goals at a time. Just we're two goals, then we're two goals closer and closer. But I thought I thought they were getting dominated. It looked like it, but what Harris Andrews and Darcy Gardner were able to produce that last line of defence. End of the day, Carlton only took six marks inside 450. Yep, the whole game, 22 entries in that first quarter. Look, it was it was a. Re- Ridiculous effort for what they were able to master. I will uh, like to apologise to Darcy Gardner. Because on last week's podcast and yeah, even chatting to Lions fans, 
I thought that Darcy Gardner could be the big area of concern. With Jack Payne out, Jack Payne's been fantastic all year. Darcy Gardner, he's had troubles with his body. Played two, you know, ga- he's played two games all year. You, yeah. have the, you have the right to be concerned. I was sceptical. After quarter time, he dead set plastic bag Charlie Kerno, who, you know, best forward in the comp this year. Yep. And Shocker of the final series, but you're right. He was, he was able to play into that. Um, and, you know, also um, we need to, you know, Lincoln McCarthy, uh, Lincoln McCarthy played a great game, but what was Lincoln doing stealing <laughs> a goal from our man Darcy Gardner? Uh, look, and I've, I've heard that narrative all, all week and I've watched it time and time again. And I'm just uh, going, it's, it's a prelim final and you just leave nothing to chance. Mm. You just can't leave anything to chance. Yep. Also, the sort of reptilian part of my brain slash the forward line, full forward part of my brain says, hey, good, good, yes, my ball, my selfish. ball. Selfish. But no, Me time. Gar- uh, guaranteed the goal, took another 30 off the clock. Yep. Yes, it's, it sucks for Dizzy. He hasn't kicked the goal since 2019. But fact of the matter is... It was a wonderful hit too. Yeah. So, uh, But uh, looking at the, the... We'll break this down sort of section by section because the way... And look, our bias is so very clear. Mm. But what the Lions have managed to do to... Overcome the advert. No, no, look, Collingwood and GWS went back and forth all game and nail bite a one point one point prelim victory. For the Lions to get jumped mm. and then be able to correct, not just correct, but then go on to dominate a team. Mm. Now we don't need to speak to Carlton running out of steam or whatnot or firing their shot too early. That gives the team so much confidence because it came from every line of the ground. We've talked mm. about our, our big backs down back. Now the reason that the Lions went out and recruited Connor McKenna. Mm. Why the recruiting team flew to Northern Ireland to bring this guy back. They yep. knew we have been slow moving the footy out of the back line. Kadeen Coleman's field kicking, and he was by far, mm. he was best on ground. Unbelievable. The, the, the way that man can hit a footy is incredible. But the spring and run from Connor McKenna, going in with the spoiling and just the ferocity of Harris Andrews, that's what started to hurt mm. Carlton. Because they were giving everything to get that ball forward. Yep. And eventually when that footy... Wasn't being marked, and it was and just coming being, out it was quicker just coming than it was going in. All of a sudden, that's when they get caught in the back foot, and the yep. Lions can open up their game and play it out over the back, find that space, which later gets me to my point of they're going to love the MCG. They're going to have a great time out there. They're going to have a lot of space, and the thing that I'm most looking forward to on the weekend is going to be a 28 degree day day down Bang. in Melbourne, bright blue sunshine, uh, not too much wind. These are perfect conditions for Queenslanders and blokes that have been, you know, sweating their rings off in the Queensland summer. Uh, it's been like that for a, about a month up here. Yeah, that's literally what it was. What, 28, well, mm. possibly 30 today. And that's we are, we are very accustomed to that. We are very climatising. So in like, Melbourne, a, a couple of weeks ago, they were wearing ski gear. Yeah, 2001 grand final. That's the, um, that's the Those are the exact same conditions. It, yep. it, just, it was a hot day, 27 degrees. And the Lions came into it going, oh, jeez, <laughs> this is like home. This is awesome. This is what we do. Yeah. So uh, the back line, and that's, again, we've identified over the years so many problems that this side has faced, mm. and it was always that one bridge too far. The back line is sorted. Now, we're in a, the Lions are actually in a really great space where Dizzy Gardner's coming off a great game, almost impossible to drop. Jack Payne, now you've been down at training. You've seen mm. Jack Payne move. What's your read so far? Well, there was a belief in the Lions camp that, you know, Jack Payne was very close to playing on Saturday. Because Fagan was never going to put anyone in who's underdone. Yeah, but he was very close. He ran last Thursday at training um, and ran well and apparently trained quite strongly. So he he was close, but Darcy Gardner came in. He played this great game. He did not let 
you know, a single person down and playing on the best key forward in the comp. Um, yeah, I reckon he's probably proven that he's got Brody Mychek's measure. Um, or, you know, at least has the ability to, whoever the Pies bring in for Dan McStay, go and play on uh, Billy Frampton. So it, it, it's a really hard one because it's cruel either way. Of course it and is. And I don't think you can but play it's a, but, it, but no. And that's the thing. Like, it, it, it's, a nice, it's a nice problem to have. It is a nice problem to have, but look, um, I'm going to actually be that guy that says go with the fit player, go with the, you know, go it's with a, the reliable. Well, it's, a, it's a lower risk and option. And that's Darcy Gardner. End of the day, yeah, you mm. do it. I, I and, agree with you. You have to take the lower risk option. And we, Possibly. Saw, we saw what happened to the Swans last year when they carried in an underdone Sam Reid. Correct. Um, and he was cooked at quarter time. Yep. So, yeah, you don't want that to happen in a grand final. Um, you want to be able to get to a point where you can use your sub tactically um, because, you know, the fresh leagues are going to be important in the fourth quarter of this game because – I have a feeling that we're going down to the wire with the pies. Oh, I like think so as well. High, sc- the, high scoring. The pies play. Uh, yeah, the pies don't blow teams away, but they rarely get blown away themselves. No. So, yeah, it's uh, yeah. You're going to need those fresh legs in the last quarter. So if you don't have to burn your sub until you know three quarter time, that would be perfect. So who do we look at as a sub if that's the case? Do you if, if Jack Payne does mm. get himself fit and he's you know, available to play, but you still want to go with mm. the you know, Darcy Gardner option? Looking at a grand final, looking at what we've seen in the past, and, yes, and I, I, I totally agree. Those fresh legs and the tactical use of the sub, when you, you know, hopefully don't... Mm. And, and the Lions haven't looked like they've players... Uh, and we, and we they're, saw... They're, they're not, there's no soft tissues. Uh, the, the Lions are as fit as they've ever mm. been. So and outside we, the situation of maybe an injured player, yeah, what do you go with? Well, Jared Lyons has been the sub for the two finals. He has. And before that, he played uh, when he replaced Josh, Josh Dunkley against St Kilda? Correct. Who did he replace? Yeah, it might have been Josh Dunkley. He's been really good. Um, his game against St Kilda was fantastic. Um, he was good when he came on against Port Adelaide in the qualifying final. Kicked a goal within 30 seconds. Did, a couple, did a couple of nice things uh, against Carlton with a limited opportunity. I think that his form line is too strong to drop um, as the sub. I think vers- versatile and enough. And I think he's had an impact. Yep. Because um, that's that's the thing. He has since he sort of you know, became one of the you know, premier mids mm-hmm. of the team, and sort of fall by the wayside. This yeah. sub role has kind of you know, it feels like it's made for him. And also, he's a contested ball beast. Mm. And you know, we know that when players get tired, you know, like they're they're sort of how hard they go at the contest, uh, and in and under can be affected. And to have fresh legs that can come on and do that and be that ball in there where. You're going to be matching up with a tired Tom Mitchell, a tired Jordan Dugowie. Uh, he could really go in and have an impact. Um, you know, it's kind of like, you know, when they have the championship fighter sparring. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they're sparring eight or nine rounds and then the fresh bloke gets in and keeps sparring with the champ. That's, I feel like that's what a Jared Lyons can be. and It, it could have a real impact. So uh, keep Jared Lyons. Um, I, you know, the conventional wisdom says unchanged side. And I think uh, Chris, uh, Chris Fagan has... Know, never really flipped too much to the side. He's always been a fan of carrying, yeah. and yeah, like loyalty and just pick and stick has been his way to go. So yeah. I think I think it sucks for Jack. As you said, it's it sucks either way. It's heartbreaking. Of course it is. Of course it is. But um, and let's uh, there's heartbreak on the other side too with Dan McStay. Oh, absolutely. We love Dan McStay while he's up here at the Brisbane Lions. And we were never uh, we, we never man. mad at him for leaving. No, um, and you, it's kind of um, testament to you know the way that Collingwood scout and recruit and that where 
to everyone else, probably every other team in the competition, Dan McStay isn't a $600,000 a year forward. No. But to Collingwood, he is. And the way, the role that he can play for that Collingwood system, he is. And he showed that in the first half of the uh, the prelim final against GWS. He was immense. And he kept the pies in the game. Well, that's the thing. When it's a one-point game and he kicks yep. two goals, where he stood up strong, two big clunks. Yep, big clunks. And then... Which were very he, hard to come by on that evening. Even then, uh, when he wasn't clunking them, he was bringing them to ground and giving his small forwards a real chance. Um, and, and not letting Sam Taylor intercept Mark like he's done at will this whole year. So... Yeah, it's so sad for Dan Day because we, we we liked him. We yeah, we did. You know, and we yeah, we wished he was a good line. He was business. a good servant for the Lions. Um, but he we exercised his right in free agency to leave, and you know he, he'll always be a lion. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so we uh, would love to see him on Grand Final. Day. Sucks for Dan, but at the same time, presents actually quite a great opportunity for no, the Brisbane Lions. One with a bolstered mm. defence, hypothetically with Jack Payne available, because. I mean, my check's goal was sensational in that. Uh, I think it was that third term. Uh, but you know, I've never been. Uh, He's had a quiet back half of the season. Yeah, and I, I never look at Collingwood. Don't really have that sort of star forward mm. per se. They they kick goals from mids and with pressure. And you know, the, the matchups work out quite well. Like you know, I see maybe like uh, Starsevic heading to uh, Jamie Elliott. Mm. Elliot. Um, perfect matchup. Perfect matchup. Um, look. Uh, McKenna maybe on a um, on a Bobby Hill, uh, just like for like on speed. But it, the Lions again, where backline issues have been there, mm. I'm not too worried here. Like around the They're ground, pretty rock solid at the it, moment. And if you look at the way it goes, like they match up very well. Yeah, every line, and I think that Brisbane just have too much, too many forward line options for the Pies. Um, you know, Darcy uh, Darcy Moore and Nathan Murphy, they're good key defenders, but. I just think that we're going to stretch them too much with, you know, the kind of hybrid forwards that the Lions have in your Lincoln McCarthy's and your Cam Rainers and Zach Bailey's. It's kind of like that there. second line of betting, really, from your your top yeah. forwards. If you if you've done the you know, the immense job of shutting mm. down your Joe Danaher's, your and Hipwoods, then you've still got to you've still got to deal with all these other players. And then, as Carlton dealt with, you have the big O just bob up and kick a couple. Well, it's, yeah. um, Let, let's talk about the big O because well, <laughs> you and I are unabashed fans of this we man. Love him. It's just a big goofball. Remember when we when he started out, and there was just there was something special about him. But he's so he's he's an old school ruckman. He's unorthodox in the way he goes about it. He mm-hmm. doesn't sort of leap and fly. He kind of just bashes it for. He sees the opportunity and he'll smack it fifteen to twenty meters. And I think that, that creates problems for you know, maybe like a Darcy Cameron. Like it's a it's a weird life for life matchup with Mason Cox in the way that they ruck. But they're going to need Mason down forward. Yep. So. This is this is a massive day for the Big O. It really is. Um, he could have a field day on the MCG, but yeah, I feel like Mason Cox is going to have to play forward. And I like the matchup of Harris Andrews on Mason Cox. Mm. I don't think there's much that uh, Mason Cox is going to do to trouble Harris. No, no, he's not. He's not going to really body him in. He's... And and Harris has got those big, long Inspector Gadget arms. Look, I've always made the comparisons of like Dustin Fletcher to Harris yeah. Andrews, just the long sort of gangly type, and as he said, Inspector Gadget. But some of those, oh, they, they were he, reaching spoils. They were like, he had part like such an he, incredible play. He, he had was no the right. Lines, he, he was the Lions' best player on Saturday. Yeah, he, he had almost no right to get to some of those footies. And there was a couple of instances in the first quarter when the Lions were under siege, mm. where he attacked the footy and went harder than everyone else and won the footy and. Uh, managed to rebound the ball out of his defensive 50. And it was just like, it was pure willpower, um, which I loved. He was fantastic, Harris. So, 
look, yeah, once you've played on uh, Mackay and Kerno, I don't think Mariskin Cox is going to trouble you. So, so yeah, I think it, it, it's it's set up very nicely there. So, and then and then we look towards the middle of the ground. So, I think we're all looking at this showdown between Ooh. Jordan Ngoi and um, Josh Dunkley. Yep, that's how, it seems to be like well, no, that first shot going. Yep, Mitch, Mitchell Dunkley, versus yep. Neil. Mitchell versus Neil, the two ball magnets. Mm-hmm. Um, then you got Pendlebury McCluggage. Um, geez, you're gonna yeah. There's so much talent on both sides. We if you like, but you line it up like for like, and you and I've done this at teams mm-hmm. in the past. It it leans Brisbane's way. Yep. And just you no, know, if the old man are like, I oh, just make sure you beat your man. You look and go. Mm. I think Brisbane beat the majority of the of their like for like opponents here. So. But look, at the same time, we, we know and we know from years of pain that we cannot get too far ahead of ourselves no, we can't. What, whatsoever. So, you know, we look at the conditions, we've got that, that's uh, that's a big tick there, like for light there. Now, How the bookies have the Lions as $2.10 oh, no, outsiders. It, take it. I'm very, is, very happy Like, I love that. it. I love it. But it's almost like the, the Collingwood hype train is just, like, it's infecting everywhere. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's, like, to me, yes, I get the Lions have the hoodoo at the MCG, but... Yeah, we won there last September. Exactly. There's there's a distorted reality around Collingwood. I th- I think if you there's, if you're there's a, a want fan, for them yeah. to win rather yeah. than a clear case that they will win. And and that's so, the, and that's the thing. Like if you look at it, like if that's what you're going off as a Collingwood fan, going, oh, the Lions can't play at the G. Yeah. That's that's a very mm. uninformed opinion. You, know, you look at the opponents the Lions have played yeah. there in the past, and that's the thing. They're not worried about that. Yeah. This was this has been their plan all along. Yeah. So, what is it? What do you say? Do you say that Brighton Homes Arena is the same dimensions as the MCG? Was it to the gallery? Similar. Yeah, similar. Well, there yeah. we go. So no, look, they're not going to have much of an issue there whatsoever. So, the Lions, what they'll head down in the next couple of days. They're going to be heading down on Thursday. They've got the parade on Friday. Going to be doing a captain's run on Friday afternoon. Very nice. Um, and then away they go. Two thirty p.m. Saturday afternoon. It's a bit early for, my for life. all the marbles. It's a bit early for my liking, but <laughs> <laughs> I, no, it's it's going to be incredible. And uh, I'm one of the blessed uh, people that ended up getting a ticket to the game. It's going to be heading down to Melbourne. Uh, you've done this very nicely. Done this very nicely. A real spur of the moment trip too. So. We're, we're heading down on a wing and a prayer, and um, mate, I can't wait. No, oh, mate, I oh, absolutely I'm can't excited, wait. I'm excited it's for you. You can be our correspondent down there, but yeah, see, I, I feel, I've truly felt it was my destiny to be here in Brisbane, and uh, at this, uh, you know, this, I mean, there's a lot on this weekend, but I, I'm, I'm so excited for those scenes on Saturday night. Like, oh, it's going to be incredible. Oh, it, but it, it, it's funny, though, when we look at uh, Brisbane, how the town is reacting to this you know, incredible week where both the key codes, and <laughs> let's face it, Rugby Union couldn't be in a worse position mm. right now. So oh. AFL and NRL are no, they're, they're, they're one and two right now. It still feels like up here. It still feels like it's the Broncos' week, and maybe that's just because they've had a you know, quite a very quick turnaround from where they were. But the Lions has it's been a it's been a slow burn. It's been a very slow burn. Oh, there we go. There we go. Has our, has our man got some mail? We've just uh, had confirmation come through. Oh. Now, there is a superstition that I like to peddle on this podcast that the Fitzroy-inspired away Guernsey that the Lions wear That's what the, is inherently cursed because it is. it is based off a, well, a dead team. It's a ghost. Yep. It's a ghost jumper. Yes, and there's no no salvaging that ghost. That ghost like, it can't be exercised. It's, no. It's, no. It should have been left a long time ago. And just reawakening it from its dead slumber only angers that ghost. Yes, and... and 
because Collingwood are the highest ranked team. They won the minor premiership. They've won both of their finals. So they're the, the they're the home team for that checks out. Saturday's grand final. So they get to wear their predominantly black home kit with the black shorts, socks, you know. As, as should be their right. As should be their right. So I was very worried that the AFL would come back to the lines and say that uh, you guys have to wear a Clash Guernsey. Feels arbitrary. Feels arbitrary, but there was a uh, there was concern there. And the Clash Guernsey, of course, is the, the Fitzroy-inspired one, and no. I don't want to see them wearing that on grand final no, day. No, no, no I've just had that. confirmation from the Lions that the Lions will be wearing their home Guernsey Huge. with white shorts Huge. on Saturday afternoon. We dodge another bullet, play the trumpet. Hmm, trumpet didn't want to play. Oh, trumpet's dead. There we go. There we go. <laughs> much better. Much better. Yes. Uh, I, I was... <laughs> I, I hate to say, it, but that, that that is one of the things I was worried about. Mm. I, I I do care about that because when you know when the Lions mm. do play in Melbourne, they do wear the Fitzroy kit to honour the fans, and, you know, and that's the thing. We're, we're we're probably quite far removed from it, but that contingency of old Roy's fans, you know, they'll come out. Yep. Uh, they, 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 they when will. the Lions they, play finals the MCG, they still exist. They get mass. I, I'm not actually worried about the the Collingwood crowd effect. That's that's actually not ever like a worry. Uh, of mine. Obviously, a lot of the corporates are going to be Collingwood favoured. Um, so it's going to be Collingwood adjacent, Collingwood leaning, yeah. Mm. And there will be a lot of Collingwood people, you know, rich boosters that get tickets, you know, mostly through corporate, um, as well as the seventeen thousand Collingwood members. But there's also going to be, you know, seventeen thousand Brisbane Lions fans there at least, plus, you know, probably a healthy support in the corporates and MCC. So it's probably going to be about a seventy thirty split. But there is going to be a vocal, and I know. You know, for grand final, they do not play songs after goals, which I'd love to see it happen. Oh. But I know, I know that if Charlie Cameron kicks a They'll goal, do it. Your country roads is going to ring out amongst the Lions fans, and it's going to sh- send a shiver down the spine. There is a there is a wonderful conditioning within the Lions fans. And yeah, the, the Collingwood chant is haunting, but I love how that has now become part and parcel. And <laughs> Jeez, I didn't like BT during over the weekend, just getting stuck into that. It is, yeah, you know what? It is, it's a little bit kitsch, but it's our kitsch. It's, yeah. it's what we do. And Future's now, old man. <laughs> spot on, spot on. <laughs> but it was, you know, Charlie Cameron, he just, no, it's not that he had an off night. It just things, a couple of things just didn't work out for him. And geez, he'd rather have that happen in a prelim than it happened in the grand final. But when he finally kicked that first goal in the third, because the crowd love it so much. There is such an anticipation for his first goal. Oh. Like, they were all sitting there going, oh, we haven't had it yet. We haven't had it yet. And oh. then you could see when he kicked his first goal in the third quarter that I don't think it broke Carlton's spirit, but it dented it severely. Well, that, and that's the thing. It's that extra that extra little, little secret sauce that you, you can't plan for. Mm. You can't, how, how does Craig McRae say to his team going, hey, guys, uh, when Charlie Cameron kicks a goal, hmm. they're going to play this song. The fans are going to sing and it's going to breathe life into them. I need you to block that out. Yep. I need you to block John Denver out. Never thought I'd have and, this conversation with you, also, but I uh, really need you to ignore that. And all the Don't neutr- lose, I swear to God, if you listen to it this week. All the neutrals there will get amongst it as well. All the non-Collingwood people will get amongst it. It's, because it's fun to sing. And that's it's, a, and, it's a singable song. And that's the thing. It's, it's that wonderful effect. And this is still a very beautiful thing humankind does when they all join in for a sing song. Mm. You, you can't not. I don't know if Hollywood fans will sing it too. They won't be able not to. It's going to be incredible. Uh, so hopefully Charlie kicks five or six just, to, uh, just so we can get some practice. 
on the day, but ah, it's exciting. I it's got, of it course, is- exciting. It's made, and, and, and it's made a lot more exciting too mm. by the fact that it's a little bit of history repeating. Look in the omens, if oh, you will. 20 years later. 20 years later, but also, you know, Jason Ackermanis, 2001, wins the Brownlow, wins the grand final. Mm. Simon Black, 2002, wins the Brownlow, wins the grand final. Lockie Neal last night. Collingwood, 2003, Nathan Buckley uh, wins the Brownlow and they lose the grand final. Sucked in, mate. Sucked in. Uh, Wait a second. But last night, (laughs) finally, justice for Lockie Neal has been served. Jockey, yep. Uh, In many ways... Like we talk about the VFL, but the VFL have done us a uh, a, a real solid and giving us a square up for last year's debacle. Well, that, and that's the thing. Like, read into it what you will. Lockie, it, had, Lockie Neal had a great season. Mm. Was he the best? I don't know. No. I don't think at any point this year Lockie Neal has been the best player in the competition. No, and he's never like he's like he's top five, top ten, easy. But you know, I, I think that across a large portion of the year, others have been better. And that's the thing, play, have players been more consistent? And look, mm. and this is the thing, in a, in a system where the umpires vote for it, when they don't have the ability to look at stats, yep. although fun stat for you, as the Lions posted today, Lockie Neal has been best on ground in 20% of the games he has played. Jeez. He's received three votes in 20% of the games he's played. One in five, he's guaranteeing you three votes. So, and look, it's a it's a midfielder's medal. You know what the play, you know what the umpires are looking out for. And when they're in that moment where I'm sure they have to go after a big hard game where they've yeah. gone down to the wire, and someone goes, "Hey guys, got you got your votes?" And you go, oh, shit, "Who are we voting oh. for this week?" Oh, yeah, but you see, Lockie. Oh yeah, he's pretty good. He was around us a bit. I was having this argument today um, with a, another big, you know, fellow footy nuffy about you know with the umpires, like. Why do we have to have a pen and paper voting system? Surely we are evolved enough as a society. Do you want, where, a, do you want a ballot booth or something like that? No, okay. I, like I want them to have a secure login where they can go and log in their votes, and it the votes Idle have retina to scan. The votes have to be logged Matt 24, yeah. 24 hours after the game, within twenty four hours. So the umpires can go off. They can read the paper. They can you know watch a replay of the game. They can you know talk to their friends, whatever but they can get a better understanding of who was best on ground because they've got so much on their plate. It is like, it's an impossible task (laughs) trying to umpire an AFL game. Like these guys are superhuman with the amount of decisions they have to make in a high pressure environment. While being physically exhausted. Whilst being, yeah, like they run, you know, just as far as most players do during a game under, you know, and the intensity with which they have to run is incredible. Like if you just watch a boundary umpire motor up and down the boundary line for 120 minutes of AFL football, it's incredible. They are they are very good athletes. Yeah, and they are held to a higher standard. Like, you know, a football mm. player can make a bad decision in a game and yeah. just let it go. Like it happens. You go, yeah, you're going to make some bad choices. So are umpires. Also, the fact that they have to exercise a ridiculous skill to be considered one of the best. Well, they oh. raise a rate and get grand finals because he couldn't bounce the ball. So what? He's one of the, he was the best umpire out there. It is nonsense, isn't it? It, it is absolute nonsense. But I think, yeah, it just comes – it's – it's because essentially the outside influence gambling nowadays that they don't want to influence the result somehow. So locking them, locking them in that room where they can't be influenced. I, I agree. I agree. But it's just other people have ruined it for us. What is it like what Nathan Brown from sports bets going to be, you know, like <laughs> messaging every umpire after the game. Like, Jeez. Took Miller was good today. Yeah, give him a throw. Um, I love it when they dress Nathan Brown up mm. for certain occasions. Like, oh, no, they, well, put the, tuck, put the tuxedo on Brownie. You've got to do the brand load tonight. <laughs> I love uh, there is a, another podcast that picked up on this, but there is a Twitter page that follows. Uh, so 
before every Friday night and Saturday night match, Nathan Brown will do a multi-bet. Yes, I've seen it. Yep, the sports bet multi. Um, and the page is called Track My Brown. <laughs> great, tra- great, and they basically start. they take every one of his pre-match multis and put $20 on it. Yeah. And they're negative 700 for the year. <laughs> So it's all, uh, it's, all, it's, it's all a bloody scam. It's, a, un, it's all un, a front. Unreal. Uh, but also, Sportsbet, if you're looking for a niche podcast to sponsor, oh, absolutely. Um, we're not above taking your money. No. No, I've, I've had the conversation. I'll, just, I'll do it for bonus oh, bets. I've had, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we can keep the asking price up here just a little bit. Just a little bit. But no, a wonderful night for, for Lockie Neal and also just for that wonderful you know, sucked in Victoria. I love mm. the fact that you know, the Lions aren't there. Of course, yeah. it, it makes no sense for them to be there in the first place. No. But... The fact that the Brownlow gets awarded to someone who is not there in the room. Now, this is an interesting one that I've always uh, struggled with, with um, the NRL. So the NRL, they do on the, the Dally Thursday. Yeah. yeah, they do the Dallium's, but on the Thursday before the grand final, they do a grand final breakfast. Mm-hmm. And both teams are mandated to attend. They have to attend. So if you're Brisbane, Brisbane are going to fly down on Thursday, go to this breakfast. They're either got to stay you know, all the way up until Sunday, or they got to fly back and then fly back to Sydney again. So I find it absolutely ridiculous. But It is ridiculous. That makes that makes no sense whatsoever. Like mm. that is just, uh, that's just the code being money hungry and going, here's an, here's an event and yep. get all the players to turn up there. But Everyone's going to be there. But if, you, if you want the best products for yeah. your team. Send the coach, whatever. Like, yeah. you know, coach can get on a plane, be back and not going to miss too much. But yeah, yeah I, I find that interesting. But hey, huge for Brisbane. Two teams in the grand final. Congratulations to the Broncos. Yeah. They have, from a club that was having wooden spoons thrown at them three years ago at training to being, you know, a powerhouse of the NRL again, where they rightly belong. Oh, absolutely. It's outstanding. It's good, it's good for the game when they're up and about and they're winning and I know they're disliked and you and I have mm. got a lot close to the bandwagon this year. I'm employed by the club, but and I will I will declare that. I did, Um, I mentioned... Uh, once the Lions had won, I did announce to Suncorp Stadium that the, the Lions are into the grand final. Any booze? Uh, no booze, but uh, maybe a little bit of feedback that um, there's only one code we should be focusing on. Oh, mm. oh did you go rogue? No, I didn't go rogue. I'd been given, I was given clearance by my manager. Ah. Uh, he got his nose pulled. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but I was like, all right, well, too bad. But I look, I wanted to give the crowd a lift <laughs> and I think... Uh, again, like I, 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 I've peddled the theory now a lot that you know, Queensland, Brisbane is just stuck in the Victoria, New South Wales proxy war. It's not okay. And yep. right now, lay all the arms down. We can love th- it. Th- we can is, love everything. Both, both. We can love both. We can have both things. We can be good and, at both things. And you know what the great thing is, is that you know, with the AFL, we're fighting against Melbourne. With the NRL, we're fighting against Sydney. Exactly. They're, we're outsiders in both codes. Yeah, and we we relish that status. We love it. But at the same time, we get absolutely dicked over by it. So Yeah, we do. But, um, you know. But we do it together. Hopefully we can have a laugh in a week's time when both the Broncos and the Lions are premiers of their respective codes. Brisbane do the double. Queensland, well, hopefully we've got the Titans women. They are playing in the NRLW Grand Final. So hopefully we can go AFL Premiership, NRL Premiership, a VFL premiership with the Suns. Bang. Um, hopefully our Lions ladies will win the AFLW. Hopefully the Titans get up in the NRLW. We could have a full sweep of all the football coats. And, fingers crossed, they have the uh, the NRL state championship. 
which is like basically the oh yeah they do the that v- don't they? it's kind of like the VFL plays the Sample, That's but right. it's the Q Cup plays the champion of the New South Wales Cup. So we've got the Brisbane Tigers or the East Tigers representing us in that. So hopefully we can the have here. the Queen Suite could be on. And, and this is the thing, and, and Queensland needs to, especially moving towards the Olympics, this is something they need to start doing now. They need to become more parochial about mm. every code. Every Look, Queensland has produced that many Olympic mm. athletes. Yep. It's just, it is just, a, it, it's a perfect, if you want to be an elite athlete, it's a perfect environment to yep. grow up as. They need to start selling it. This is the place where things happen. We are happen. the Florida of Australia. We are. Yeah. But in like, but better, but better, and this somehow and Brisbane's Mi- Miami, and it's a good place to come to. It's yeah. separated from all the big old cold cities. And it's very Instagramable, Brisbane, it is, isn't it? It's getting, it's, it's it like is a very pretty city, guys. It's getting better. It's and um, it's interesting. I've been reading a book on um Wayne Bennett. Yes, is uh, that the, the, the un- feed, oh, okay. by, that's the unauthorized? It's one, unauthorized, but they're still the, good. The um, <laughs> the, the biographer, the biographer, basically when he got uh, the go ahead for the project. He rang Wayne Bennett and said, well, I've got the go-ahead for this project. This is going to happen with your blessing or not. Yeah. And he goes, oh, okay. okay, well, if it's going to happen, okay. come on up to my farm and I'll, I'll tell you everything you need to know. I'll show you some of the girls. Um, and it's a, it's a wonderful book. But he, start, it he starts it with, you know, I fly into Brisbane, something like this. Um, you know, yeah. it's a, it's <laughs> the audio book's going to be terrible. It's a very Instagrammable city. <laughs> Not as wanky as Melbourne and not as skanky as Sydney, but somewhere in between. Oh, can, we, can, like, can we put that up at the, <laughs> at the international terminal? 100%. Uh, they should be plastered Absolute. over every street sign, That's a every fir- number plate. Mow, mow that into the grass That should be somewhere. our slogan. Absolutely. Write that for the cruise ships coming in. Write that on the Veronica's Bridges. Just <laughs> sensational. The Veronica's Bridges? Yeah, the Veronica's. They have a bridge? No, the two bridges. The um the Leo Hirschley <laughs> Gateway Bridge. There's ah. two of them. It's the Veronica's. Oh, okay. After Wavell Heights finest. <laughs> okay, that one hasn't really caught <laughs> on with it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. We'll work on one marketing slogan at a time. We'll, start, right. <laughs> we'll start with the Wayne Bennett quote. Yes. Uh so no, I loved it. Um so let's let's keep on rolling with that. Yeah, good. Good. All right. It's time we we look ahead and go, what's what's gonna happen here? This, crystal ball time. We'll get the crystal ball out. Mystic Jack, Mystic mm. Mystic Dick. How's this? How's this going to go down? Quarter, quarter by quarter. We we can only we can only assume so much. But what, what are the things okay. that we know? Okay, the um, Lions won't get punched in the face again. I don't think they will. No, I hope not. I don't think. I think, it, get I think a start it's going like to be a couple of goals each. Yeah, maybe a slim margin either side under a goal. Um, in the first quarter, I think that the Lions in the second and third quarter, similar to on the weekend, that's where they're going to make their move, and that's where they really seem to start humming as a side. So, um, and then Collingwood, we know how Collingwood finish. We know that they have a never-say-die attitude. And I think the Lions will be in control for a lot of this match, but uh, it's always going to be that uncomfortable, you know, sort of 10 to 20 points in front. Uh, never never safe enough, but never in real danger. Well, that's a, yeah, and that's the thing. with the, the Lions, as we said, they fixed the error that they made weeks and weeks ago against Melbourne at the G yeah. where they just thought they were at a safe enough spot and took the foot off the pedal. They know they need to close it out. We saw last weekend they were able to put the cue back in the rack and you know, mate, yeah, the key thing is it's just it's going to be red time goals. Mm. It's just going to be not leaking anything in junk time. But you're right. That, it's that, that middle period where I just think where Collingwood maybe in the past have given themselves the opportunity to go, hey, we can rely on our 
ability to come back. We can rely on the Magpie Army to get us across the line, mm. but I just that's just not a risk you can take. Yeah. You, you can't. You could not go into a grand final thinking that. I just think there are too many weapons across the park for Brisbane. And if one, and that's the thing, if one doesn't yep. fire, you know another one will. Yeah. Well, like someone, one player in the Brisbane forward line is going to have a bad game. Someone yep. is going to have a quiet game. It could mm. be Eric Hipple. It could be Joe mm. Danaher. It could be Charlie. Yeah. But there's enough backup. And I don't see their backs can I, troubling the Lions too greatly. Can I, can I raise one concern though? Please. This is, is that, probably the best forum to do it on. We have we've beaten Collingwood twice this year. Actually, yeah, uh, we've beaten them the, the last year. six times we've played them. Yep. And I always get funny like when you beat a side twice during the year and then you come up against them in finals because mm. um, you know, it's that, that age old saying. It's like you're either winning or you're learning. Mm. And the Collingwood have had a chance to learn a lot about Brisbane from two games yep. this year and about how they play and They're the best team in the competition <laughs> and they've lost twice to the same side. Mm. They'll be they will have studied this. They would have studied this and, you know, like Craig McRae's a smart guy. Um, and they're, they're a very shrewd operation, Collingwood. They're a lot more likable now, but they are shrewd. So, you know, I, I feel like they might have a few tricks up their sleeve um, and, and it'll be interesting to see how the game plays out. Um, all right, let's make predictions on the North okay. Smith medalist. I mean, Jordan Goey is primed for it, but Josh Dunkley has incredible body of work behind him mm. to do a shutdown job. Yep. It's probably not going to go to a backman. I feel like it's going to go to a mid. Yep. Lockie Neal has a recency bias. Mm-hmm. Nick Dacos has a recency bias. There may be an argument for Scott Pendlebury. But if someone kicks five goals, yep. I think it's them. Okay. And if Charlie jags five, mm. it could be that. So... My bet, and just because he had an off week last week as well, my wild prediction, Charlie Cameron in his second grand final, having made amends for 2017, mm. will win the Norm Smith medal. Ooh. Okay, I like it. I like it. If the Lions win. If the Lions win. Yep, okay. If the Pies win. We're not talking about that. No, no. no we no. don't put that out there. No, don't, don't, don't bring that into the environment, mate. It's, it's too... Jeez, you may as well Sorry, wear... Sorry, mate. You may as well wear the Fitzroy Guernsey. <laughs> oh, don't, please, don't, don't put it on. I will Dev Robinson that shit. I swear to God. I swear to God. Uh, get your Instagram ready. Um, for me, uh, and this might be a bit of a smoky, Dane's all okay. In game 250. In game 250, uh, he's waited a long time to get onto this stage. And and we know Zork's like how critical he's been. Like while he doesn't rack up huge amounts of possessions, he uses it very well. He He's a vital link man for the Lions. And I feel like he can hit the scoreboard a couple of times. And, and I feel like it's going to be uh, a Cam Rayner or a Dane Zorko, someone that can you know run through the midfield but hits the scoreboard a couple of times, two or three goals. And maybe twenty touches, he's going to get you the Norm Smith this year. I'm. I just thought about it then. Mm. If the Lions win, and I'm literally getting emotional talking about this now, and Dane Zorko kicks a goal, one of those captain style goals mm. in that last term, I will cry. I yeah. will absolutely cry because you know, I've been a fan of that guy for a very long time. I love the way he's gone about it. Yeah. I love what he's done for the club. One of the great humans. One, one, of the great, one of the great humans, and has gone. But more for the fact that not just his journey of yeah. trying to get to the AFL in the first place. Coming through the Queensland yeah. system to start with is not easy. Getting dicked over by the Suns, mm. not getting drafted essentially until he's 24. The fact that he's, played, he's 34 and he's only playing his 250th game yeah. now. 
to then go through the shit era of the Lions, mm. go through those years where it was embarrassing to turn up to games. Oh, yeah. I did. Like, I remember. They were still, a joke. I still remember going to a game in 2015 and I was yep. wearing the old Paddle Pop Lion Guernsey that I bought from, I think, the Puma store for about 15 bucks. Yep. Because you couldn't, you couldn't move this stuff. Mm-hmm. It was like 13,000 in the crowd, more than half of them were Sydney fans. To go through that shit era and to stick to stick fat, like, again, this, this man could have gone down to. Uh, Sure, yeah. I'm sure he's got the offers over the years. Mm. Clubs would have loved to have him down there. Stay through, bad teammates, bad culture, the go-home five, mm. to stay through and stay as a leader, to get to a point where he can then hand the baton on yeah. and start to enjoy his footy. At 34, his 250th game. Yeah, unencumbered. Just yep. And I think, hypothetically, there's been no talk about it and there's no suggestion of it. The Lions win the flag, he can retire. You'd probably say so. Yeah. I, I think there's, there's nothing left to achieve for him. Yeah. If they lose, oh, he goes again. But what it could be the perfect, perfect swan song for him. Yep. And we'll go down as one of the greats of Queensland football. Yep. You put it, you'd put him up there with Dunstall. And and in some ways, you know, if they are to win a premiership, you would say that he, in some ways, is a more instrumental figure in Queensland footy than, you know, someone say like a Michael Voss. Yes, Michael Voss has a better resume. Not many people have a better resume than Michael no, Voss. Of but not. Uh, to... You know, lead the club out of such dark times and be the face of that rebuild. Um, you know, it, it's a huge achievement. And, and it's, you know, to Chris Fagan, to Greg Swan, they inherited a flaming turd of a club. Absolutely they did. Like, it, it, and I think people forget how dire Dave, the Dave situation was. as well. Was. You know, seven years ago when Fagan was appointed and Greg Swan was uh, brought in as CEO and, and Dave Noble as well as, as the GM of footy, like... They were they're climbing Mount Everest. Um, At one point, the recruit was playing for them. Matt Eagles played for Matt, them. Matt Eagles the played recruit. AFL footy for the Brisbane Lions and kicked a goal, which is <laughs> which was incredible. I was actually there that game when he kicked the and yeah. it was a forty meter check side. Oh, it was disgusting. Like, but it, it went was, through. It was disgusting, and you know we loved it. And he's still a weird unit. Uh, but you know, congrats to Matt Eagles. Yeah. Now to play five games of AFL footy is a huge achievement. So. Yeah, yeah to, go, to go through what the club has gone through, but to yeah, circle right back. There were like, some bad times. Oh, there's some horrible times. And every Lions fan listening to this, oh, they'd know. Like, you, you mm. and I have grown up listening, uh, yeah, going the, for other teams. Go so we, home we, five. We go home five, and that's, a, and that's the thing. I'm like going, I, I did not want to see Josh Shackey get a premiership. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, I, I couldn't have that. I couldn't have that. Doherty. Couldn't have that. Oh, so oh, he's, been, you know he's, been, he's been through his own stuff. We can say we like oh, right, Sam Dockett now. Fine. We'll give, yeah. give him a pass. Um, um, what Elliot Yo? He, well, he got his. But anyway, look what uh, what that what he's endured as a player. He's had his time of you know speculation, turmoil, gone through some shit. But it's still he's maintained the character he yeah. is. He's still the same person on the field. He's a player that's going to get most excited when a teammate and, kicks a goal, and I'm I'm queuing up for that celebration. Yep, and yeah, he has a, a little bit of a case of white line fever, but like, but, you know, but every team needs but, that player. But, yeah, but why has he got Brozzy Maynard? But he's such a he's such a fantastic bloke. He's a genuine person. He's going to make a great media performer when he gets out of playing AFL football. And um, yeah, it actually like doesn't hurt me, but it shits me a little bit how like reviled he is especially south of the border and in Victoria. Like, he's hated. Um, and and it's, know, un, it's, it's unfair. You know, in some ways where Toby Green's had a bit of a... Mm. 
He's a villain. A, a post, well, like, you know, a late career makeover of his image. Yeah. Where he's kind of getting universal appraise now. Like, everyone praises him as a good player and it may be because he hasn't had one of those, you know, suspendable acts for probably 18 months to mm. two years. He's... The redemption arc is yeah, starting to go the other way where for I, him. Where I feel with Zorko, it's, you know... And it doesn't matter what pops up. Like, Tuke Miller Squirrel gripping him. It's like, how's that name Zorko? He fault? came out the bad guy yeah, of that somehow. Exactly. And um, Credit to Tuke Miller as character. But <laughs> you, you know, we have the Harrison Petty stuff and... Um, and all that, and you know, you know, I can't wait until Dane Zorko brings out a book, and you know, there's a chapter in it because um, oh, it's uh, it's very different to the official narrative. <laughs> um, it's yeah, it's incredible how he's painted as a villain because, like, you know, of all the blokes in the AFL, well, at least the ones that you know, like I've I've met and had some interaction with. He does not fit the bill. No. Uh, and, you know, there's characters, you know, but Paul Gallon always used to say that, you know, he just played the role. Like, he knew that mm. the game needed a villain, especially yeah. in the state of origin. He knew he had to be the villain. But this is a man who, he's not putting on the he's not putting on the evil cape and mask. He's no. just going about his business. And, yeah, <laughs> but I know opposition fans look for someone. They And it's very easy to throw the grub, dirty narrative onto someone. And But it's, it's so undeserved. <laughs> also, like... It's, hard, it's so hard in this day and age to actually be a grub. Yeah, of like, course it is. Yeah, cameras everywhere. Like, you know, if you think Dane Zorko's a grub, imagine if you had this level of setup to, you know, for every game of Tony Liberatore's career. Oh, my God. Like, Tony Liberatore wouldn't have got past 100 games in today's of course not. modern age of football. It's funny. I was watching the cameras everywhere. What, what, and Watching the brand line last night, I looked at Tom Liberatore. I'm like, Jesus, we've been watching this bloke for like 10 years. I, I still, We watch his dad play. We're getting old. It's it's funny, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Like, um, you know, like I was listening to a podcast today where they're talking about Dylan Shield potentially leaving Essendon and going, oh yeah, he's uh, you know, his best years are well and truly behind him. I'm like, wait a second, Dylan Shield was younger than me. Oh, <laughs> uh, that 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 a um, remarkable athlete still like, taking the field at 31. Mind <laughs> you, I, I I walk upstairs sideways now. Yeah, <laughs> my knees can't bend. My door sideways. And it is that thing where it's just like, geez, I. You know where we're getting to the stage where they're... I understand people, why Vossi retired at 30. People that are younger than us um, and they've had these full amazing careers and they're retiring and you go, Jesus, that's like... It's almost like their career has just flashed by in the, the blink of an eye. Mm. It's like, I can remember you making your debut and now you're here you are, a 30-year-old man with 250 AFL games and you're sailing off into the sunset. It's, in it's interesting, isn't it? In retrospect, you one, it goes, oh, Jesus, Dane's all 34. Like, well I done. Know. But also, and also going, I'd love to God. see him take the record off uh, Isaac Smith for oldest Norm Smith. Oh, I like that. I like yeah, that a lot. Yes, I yeah. like it. Yeah, but they also go, look, look at these players who, you know, at the times made decisions for their career, maybe to make a bit more money. You go, oh, that's probably a very good call. You probably need that just, just for physio for the rest of your life. Yeah. Jeez, I hope that past players fund's got a bit in it. Jeez, I hope so. Well, CBA's bumped it up a little bit. <laughs> all right, Jacko. We're saying the Lions win. We're saying the Lions we, win. Are you, are you coming in? Like, you know, you come into a grand final. You kind of know if your team's going to win or not. There's a difference between believing yeah, and yeah. knowing. <sighs> yeah, believing. Um, but you know what? It's that that dreaming of like it's – even if the Lions I were massive we, underdogs, it's the grand final. You still have a – you can still dream. I think um, we've dreamt this dream for so many years that now it feels like it's a – it's not a foregone con- mm. conclusion, not a fait accompli, but... They're ready. They're re- They're as ready as they can be. Yep. And it's not that there's been false starts. They've just built towards this mm. year by year. And it, take, it shows. 
it takes that many years to make this happen. When, when uh, commentators might say that, oh, so and so, what team has missed out on this incredible? Like, they should have won multiple premierships. It is that hard to win just one. Yeah, and you know, we're, we're, and we've been blessed in the modern era to have, you know, the Lions, the Cats of the late, you know, two thousands, um, Hawthorne dynasty, and then the Tigers. Like in the last what twenty three years, we've had four incredible dynasties mm. um but you know like they're kind of the outlier they don't come along all that often that. so yeah lions get the job done boys. we we're right behind you let's go um the whole state of queensland's behind you and yeah let's make it a double let's go let's fucking go up you fucking lions <laughs>